Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Alongside Hollywood, Harry E. Pierce, and at some point, Charlie Chuck Wright and Zimmerman Davies will be joining us as well. Now, the two January camp games are in the books, Heath, uh-huh. after an exciting 90 minutes against Columbia, 0-0, but that's not what we're talking about. We also have some great news for the 2024 Copa America. We also, Weston McKinney, potentially heading to Leeds, United States of America as well, and apparently Claudio Reyna announced that he was leaving Austin FC. We're going to touch upon all that stuff, but first, we got to get into the game. So, Heath, I'm coming to you first. Well, Charlie gets all set and ready to go and look at all comfortable in front of his yeah. paneling. Yeah. Tell me about your your overall thoughts about the 90 minutes we just witnessed uh, between uh, the U.S. and Colombia. All right, I'll do it. But once you get to Charlie, I'm going to need him to address this hat thing he's got going on right now because it's not <laughs> – like it's like Jimmy when he wore the hat for the first time. I haven't seen Charlie in a hat in a bit. Um, uh, but, yeah, look, I, I think, again, it's a really weird thing because – I and, and I'm, not, I'm not taking this stance uh, – because it's the easy one, but I I think that most of these players are not ready for our U.S. men's national team yet. Our full team. Say, they're not ready for prime time. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I would say I would say that's oh the case. Oh my god, however, that is so outlandish. I yeah. can't believe. However, that. I know it's a, bo- it's a it's a boring <laughs> it's a boring take. However, I think that there were some players uh, like a Paxton Aronson who I who I look at and I go, man. I actually like that. John Tolkien, there are moments where I'm like, okay, I can see where the upside is going to be in a player like that. I look at players that, and it's, it's, I guess it's more interesting because we watch them through the lens of their club teams, right? We watch them all season long in major league soccer or wherever they're applying their trade at the moment. And, 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 and you go, well, of course they're better than the average, right? But then you get them into the international level and you see the games a little bit faster, a little more physical, a little bit different uh, style of play. And it's just nice to see, um, some of these elements come together just to see what the future could look like. Um, because again, this pipeline of January camp players is not even the full pipeline of players, right? When we talk about more players coming into the fold from a Kevin Paredes to, to, to uh, a Taylor Booth who had a fantastic weekend 
um, things like that. So it's just more of like an assessment of the player pool and like who is actually going to be knocking on the door because we're going to easily over the next two years talk about 2026. There's somebody we've never even talked about that's going to be in the national team. And that's true, but we're going to have to start identifying them at some point. I think this is a a, a good opportunity to do so. Okay, Chuck, before I get your overall thoughts, I just want to say that Anthony Hudson, the interim manager, who looks like he'll probably be in charge for a little bit here as we try to figure out our coaching situation. He went with an experienced starting 11. And the five players that are on this January camp roster that represented us at the World Cup all started in this game. And they're all on the spine of the team. You got Sean Johnson. You got Aaron Long, Walker Zimmerman, Kellen Acosta, and Jesus Ferrer. Those are the five. And it was clear they probably thought this Colombia team was going to be better than, than Serbia. And I think we could all agree that they were. Uh, even though we lost that game and we drew this one. I still, though, am kind of pissed at Anthony Hudson. I don't need to see Aaron Long and Zimmerman as a, as a center back partnership. The fact that, that Jalen Neal came in as a sub and Sam Rogers came in as a sub as a center back completely pisses me off. Like, just start yeah. those dudes. Just start them. Sink or swim time, baby. Just start those dudes. That's how we're going to know. We know about Zimmerman and Long. Like, I understand having Sean, even though I would have rather seen uh, somebody different. But it's fine. Okay, fine. Yeah. Never goalkeeper. Well, hold on. Experience. Charlie, Charlie, hold experience. on. Hold on, Jimmy. But, 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 but out, of, out, of, out, of, out of actual, like, fairness – if I sent you or or say Chuck on trial to a club, right, and they said we're gonna try, we're we're, we're gonna get we're it. gonna assess you over thirty minutes, but I'm gonna put you with the reserves. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you next to somebody who's also trialing. Do you think that you would be able to control enough of what you can control to be as good as you can, or would you be like, no, I want to play next to the good guy. I want to be next to the guy who knows what he's doing over here, so I can be like focus on me. I mean, wouldn't you? I mean, I guess it wasn't Fine. actually you, the case. Well, in so the end, listen, but you, like you, you yeah. sandwich them then. You have Sean Johnson yeah. behind him with experience, Kellen and Costa in front. And, and I know that you have Tolkien on one side and Dewan Jones on the other, and and it's a very inexperienced back line at that point. Okay, maybe one of the center backs. Maybe you get Sam Rogers to start. I don't, I just I we didn't need to see them for the 15th. We know what they bring. And so I was just a little disappointed. I thought maybe one of them was hurt, not training well, whatever. And that's why they didn't start. And they come on to subs. I'm like, what the hell are we even doing? This is about evaluating these guys. I get your point. It's taken. I respect it. Charlie, I want to hear from you. <laughs> I absolutely love when when Jim wants to go on a rant and he is heated. <laughs> that pumps me up. You get my my blood going. Uh, what did we expect? Honestly, what did we expect from this January camp? It was so last minute with all the pieces of the puzzle thrown into disarray. So for me, I know I, I want to focus on the positives, right? Um, because it's so easy to talk about everything that's happening around this team and, and it's thrown together so last minute. So if I'm looking at the two matches, there weren't too many players that said, I'm, I have the, I've shown the potential to be successful at this level. Now there was no one that was going to say, I'm ready for this level. I'm ready for a camp with Christian Pulisic and Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney and, and so on. I think if you're looking at players to say, man, if, if Jalen Neal gets minutes with the Galaxy all year, which I think he's ready for, he deserves, the Galaxy backline is not great. So for a young up-and-coming player with a lot of potential, he showed me he's ready to play with the Galaxy. That's a great step. Um, in terms of Cade Cowell, I think it's it's not a surprise that he has a bunch of, of potential and talent because he's got the speed and the but he's got to show it over a season. I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. He's got to sharpen up his technical yeah. skills and be and, more and, consistent. And be more consistent. Yes. Right. Um, Dewan Jones, an, an, another intriguing player. Uh, I think 
again, he needs to sharpen up his skills, more of uh, the technical aspect and the delivery because he's right-footed playing on the left. Um, so maybe it's – I know uh, there are a couple of Bundesliga clubs interested. Maybe it, it, that's what's going to take him um, to the next level is getting an opportunity overseas. But he's got to deliver consistently with the revolution before that happens. Zendejas, yes, but it was such a small window of of – of what he could do, right? Right. Yes, right. it's it's encouraging, but it's not to say, hey, this is a player that's going to displace any of the options that we have currently. Maybe he might be in the mix, but come on. Um, I think Slonina is another player. Again, potential. Better than Matt Turner? No chance. Not even close. Um, and you could even throw Zach Steffen, Ethan Horvath. He's not there yet, but potentially could be amazing and fantastic. Uh, so. Shout out to Tim Hendricks in the comments section. Uh, you know, Coach Davies, maybe, maybe nice, might need to get out there at some point. Uh, but this is, they are who we thought they were, right? So, um, for, from that standpoint, I'm not yeah. disappointed because no, my, my expectations were, were not high, right? So, no, they had everything to gain, they had nothing to lose, right? You're, right? you're broadening the player pool, which is for me the massive benefit for these January camps is we get to. Actually give these guys, even though this camp wasn't as long as previous ones that we were a part of in particular, but you give these guys an opportunity to be seen over a week, eight, eight days, 10 days, whatever it is. And I think that's really important because you might get some insights when you're around these particular players. Like, I know what the bigger group looks like. I think now that I've seen this personality, I see how they train, I see how professional they are or not professional they are, and I think they'd be a nice fit with the group. It's really, really important, and I love the January camp did, did for I, that reason. Did I talk you off the ledge now? Have you come back down? No, I mean, I mean, listen. I, <laughs> are you I, still are you still no, boiling? Jimmy just, wants to I, cut them all, cut no, all of them. I'm not saying cut all of them. That's hey, not, no, he, Jimmy he wants to Anthony, after this game send them all back to their clubs. He send wants Anthony Hudson off on the no, bus. No, I just, done. I just that's the only the center back one was just I was just surprised. Because I thought that you can't play two inexperienced center backs at the international stage. I, I do agree. We could have seen Jalen Neal with Aaron put him in or Jalen Neal with Fine. Zimmerman, put him on or yeah. yeah, one or. But you can't go two. I, I, I do. I agree, Jimmy, with the sandwich. But I also think, like, well, why are we bring them in if they're not ready? Right. Why are we Thank you. you. Could go down, you could go down the line with that one. Well, of course. But, but I was like, why is Char- I, I, You know how many times I was like, why is Charlie here? <laughs> <laughs> If he's not ready, why is he here? Hey, I look down the bench. He's tying his shoes. He looks over. He's like, this Davies kid. Uh, no, I mean, I was always said that about Heath because, I mean, we all knew Johnny Bornstein was going to play. Yeah. So I don't even know what that. Uh, like, what's he, what, what do you need to back Don't what do you open need a, up those wounds. What do you need a backup for, dude? We got there our guy. There you go, Johnny boy. <laughs> but uh, y'all, I will say, I, there was plenty of positives in this game. I was really yeah. excited about the midfield. Kellen Acosta, nice and steady. Congrats to him for being captain. That's a big honor. His first time. With the yes. national team, you got Paxton Aronson, who is his frantic energy is inspiring. He's just all over the place. Uh, Eric Williamson, I'm a big fan of Eric's game, and I really like that midfield. We looked like we got a little overrun to start the game, but then as it went, as it as it progressed, we started to settle in and find that rhythm, and I thought it was fine. Eric, Eric's savvy in and around the box, his through balls. I, I love all that little stuff that he does that brings other players into the game and and moves the game along. Yeah. Uh, Paxton for me has a ton. A ton of potential. I think we can all see it there. Yeah. Uh, but 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 it's like, how do we harness his energy? Yeah. Brendan's going through this too, in, in in a certain level too. How do because because he's a hundred miles an hour all the time on both sides of the ball. Like, dude, if you can just 
and pick your spots as to when to go like crazy, that type of energy and when to slow it down is going to be a, a big challenge for him, I think, in his career because he's had so much success with the energy that he has. Yeah, I, I mean, one thing I wanted to say about Paxton, I was talking to to uh, Richie Graham, obviously one of the owners and the one who founded the Philadelphia Union Academy. And the one thing that he did say was like, the thing about the Aronsons, is, as you can see, is that like they're learning machines, right? They're built, they're like built to learn growth, and growth that, mindsets. Yeah. They, they're kind of these guys that are like take information and then they develop and they keep going. And, and I think that's, we, we've played with plenty of guys. So you're like, that guy's could be really good. He's not going to be good, but you know, he could be. And where the Aronsons, you can see where there's just more of like, he, he was very clear. Like, like they have this like learning mind. Their brains like just yeah, suck yeah. up everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they taking that information where like, yo, we, you know, plenty of people that were like, you, you look at them and you're like, dude, I don't know what 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 or if there's something going on up there. But if there is uh, and you can they, make that happen, you can be the Aaron, really, the really good. brainwaves are on another level. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But again, I think what Brendan worked on really well is is his technical and tactical awareness because well you're talking you Brendan have, or Paxton. I'm saying Brendan, this is okay, how okay, he yeah. took steps in just want to make sure what that was Pax, clear. Yeah. what Paxton needs to do is following those footsteps is if you don't have the physicality when games get super physical and Brent, Brent and his brother, uh, it was easy for MLS teams to play against him. Once they understood, we're just going to rough him up and he's going to be out of the game. He can't deal with that. But then he got smart because just like any of the world superstars that we've seen over the past decade, if you can't touch them, then it, it doesn't matter how strong you are. It's all about your body positioning. And then when you do have the touches, being quick and savvy. And once Paxton learns that, that you don't need to use your body if your your distance is right, then he's going to be phenomenal. Yeah. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a learning adjustment and a learning curve, which I think he touched on perfectly. His brain is so big at, at sucking everything <laughs> in that he will, he will be fine. He's going to be fine. Uh -huh. I agree with you. I think he's going to be fine too. Uh, uh, but just for today, just felt – when, when he does, that's the one thing I noticed. When he figures out when to slow it down and speed it up and can and, and can actively, and everybody around him on the team knows when he's going to do that as well, he's just going to be that much more effective because they're going to know how to support him at the right time. Where Because sometimes if he's going super fast, the rest of the team's like, whoa, dude, tap the goddamn brakes. And then they're ready to go quick and he maybe wants to slow it down. So he's just got to figure out. What's going to happen there? Yeah. I do want to have a. He's a, a 19, little, though. He is 19. Sure, so it's sure, not it's like, sure. you know, again, hey, I go back hold to, them to a high standard I, as we should. I, it's a national thing. And I know you wanted to, 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 to say something, but for me, when I think I always, about I just these, these, these pipeline of players being 19, we talk about Cade Cowell. Oh, yeah. You, if you watch Cade Cowell over a season, um, you're like, okay, if he beats his first man the first time, classic winger, like stereotype, where you're like, oh, he's going he's gonna to eat him up all day long. But then if he misses that, he might be one of the 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 less effective, least effective players on the field that day until he gets subbed off. And you're like, okay, but the difference is, is we're bringing in a Cade Cowell with three years of professional experience, and he's 19 years old, right? Right. Paxton Aronson, a couple of years of professional experience, he's 19 years old. Now he's going to be in Eintracht Frankfurt over the next year. You could see massive growth of guys that are still teenagers, which is at least something to be positive of. Whether they whether whether they 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 realize that or not, it's completely different, right? It's the Jose Mourinho thing that I saw online today, which was like. Oh, you don't know these young players are like they're like melons. You don't know what's on the inside till you till you open them up, you know. Type right, of thing. right, right. Okay, so Charlie, before I throw it over to you about the front three, I just want to give a shout out to Paul Ariola because this is his 50th cap ever for the national team. Only 60 players in the history of the program have done that. So, so congrats to him. 
on hitting that milestone. Congrats. That's but when fun. I watch Paul Ariel play, the dude runs with so much purpose and drives forward and, and presses the ball. I mean, he presses his ass off and he always wants the ball, even in tough situations. I'm still a little bit surprised we didn't take him to the World Cup. There's just something about his game, whether you like him or not, but there's still something about his game that I appreciate. And I Are respect. Saying a it's a little classic. It's a little classic. A little classic football, Charlie. <laughs> but, Jimmy but likes a little bit of classic football. You know what? Film, you know? Well, especially if you have a not- purpose. A little run, diagonal run, run because I, that's the right run to make. Listen, you know? the, con- the contrast, especially when you have a Ferreira at the nine who drops in, you need that verticality, and Ariola is willing to do that. Anyway, I just, I there's, I, I every time verticality. I see him, there's always a little thing that he does. I'm like, that's some big time shit. It might yeah. be subtle and it might be nuanced. But there's something about his movement that I appreciate and his desire to get into some tough spots and still want the ball. And I appreciate that he takes on that responsibility. So, Charlie, you know what? I do have a stick in my ass today. I am am a bit cranky today, everybody. And and it's because I coached the local JV team here. We should have beaten a team and we didn't. It was. I knew knew there was something more. Listen, it's. it's, Well, I'm also frustrated, but I will will come out and admit. That I've done, like my frustration has started from earlier this morning when we should have won and we didn't. And that might have cost us the league. And, And now. I know, I know it's just JV and I should whatever, but it still matters because I care. Okay. All right. Charlie, yes. go talk to us about I love it. You're competitive. I am. The front, of course I am. The front, the front three. Um, in terms of tonight, it, it was rough. It was rough. I mean, Brendan Vasquez came in as a late sub and was the best of the front three. I mean, that kind of goes to show um, how, how rough of a night it was from, from the attacking scored. three. Man, he could have scored. Uh, he could have had two. Could have, could have had two tonight, but um, yeah, I mean, it, there's not much to say. I, I'm I don't want to harp on the negatives, so we'll, we'll I'll keep it short. Uh, we just we needed we needed more creativity. Um, we needed people to be a little bit more, you know, dangerous in the attacking third by being aggressive. I don't think we were aggressive. I don't think we looked to combine. It was all about kind of individualism, um, and, and you know that's typical for January because everyone wants to show out and the pressure's on. You could see. Jesus Ferrer probably was playing with all of that that uh, stress and press, pressure from the national team, the World Cup, and and not having you know the the success that he was hoping for. Only playing forty five minutes, everyone coming at him and the national team and Greg Berhalter for choosing him and for playing him, and you could tell he's carrying that. And and you know for a striker, you 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 probably want to use that as motivation anyways but sometimes it can work in the opposite direction where you're, you're trying too much or trying too many things um not playing simple mm-hmm. i think his game has to be simple cuz he's not a, a, a traditional number 9 um so uh, it it wasn't his his sharpest evening so i i want to jump in and when i watched Ferrer play the the pass that he played to Matthew Hoppy in the first half was chef's kiss unbelievable we should have scored there Matthew Hoppy should have squared it across the areola but but what I what it showed me and demonstrated was that I think, and I think we've talked about this before, we probably have ad nauseum, that Ferreira is better as a second striker. And I was kind of pissed, again, when Anthony Hudson left like in a on, shoot, Like in a two-striker system or as like a coming off the bench second striker? No, 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 no. I think, listen, so I think that... I like Anthony, that question, Heath. Thank Anthony, you, Charlie. I, I just want to be, Hudson, be clear. You know? No, no, yes. that's fair. I appreciate that. Anthony Hudson, he left on Matthew Hoppy. And I had already seen enough of Matthew Hoppy. Like I let's 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 let John Tolkien be the left-sided width there at that point and let Ferreira play off the shoulder of Brandon Vasquez. I wanted to see what that looked like because I already saw what Hoppy was gonna do or not gonna do because he takes too many touches and I'm a little frustrated with him. But but 
I just would have, I would have been nice to see potentially Ferrer playing in his best spot with a nine, a proper number nine in front of him and, and to see if that unlocked anything. And that's all I wanted to say. Go on, Heath. Oh, no, I, I just wanted a clarification on your question. I, I, I didn't have much to say, say to that, but I, I agree. Like, I mean, let's talk a little bit more, more contextually than about, about players. Was there anybody between the two of you that are like not there yet, not ready? Like, you know, uh, I take uh, Charlie, I take uh, Dwan Jones, for example. Do you think that he played well enough in his time to go, well, let's take a flyer on him in the next camp or let's see how he integrates into the first team? Or do you think he's still got maybe, you know, wait for another call up perhaps down the line? Maybe it's one of the two two competitions this year that he gets a chance to go into. Um, yeah. I think I think he's in the middle. I I don't I wouldn't say he's not ready yet, and I wouldn't say oh he's he's ready to to be inserted into the first team. He's only got to be top five to make the I, national. I, 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 think he, right I think back. I think he could get into the camp for for sure okay. because you love the fact that he has the ability to play on the right side and the left. He's a natural right sided player, but he plays left professionally for the Revolution. So. I like that versatility from him, and he's such a physical freak. He's a phenomenon. So he's he's working on the tactics, which I think he's done really well. And then that delivery, playing on the left side, getting the delivery right, um, I think that's where we will see him excel if if he finally clicks into place and it's just consistent with the service. So I, I could see him being in the mix for sure, especially if he has a strong season this year and, and gets his move to Europe. Okay, let's say it like this. Of our five, let's yeah. say five players from this camp that aren't already regulars. If you could bring him into the March camp, who would they be? Zendejas, because I think he's just Vasquez. He, Vasquez. Mm-hmm. Kate Cal. Um, if you yeah. have to pick, if you have to pick, well, I don't five, know. Well, uh, I don't, anybody listening, ISWT Pod, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up in the comments on YouTube right now. Who's your five that you would take from this camp? I, I uh, like pa- what, Paxton. Yeah, I was gonna say Ayla Neal. Uh, no, you can't. You cannot get called up to the full team when you don't even play for your club team. I agree with that. When you, have, you, you no, when you haven't played for your club team, you there's, haven't even played. <laughs> yeah. for the there's between first not team. playing and haven't played before. Yeah, I get both. You. It's it's both. You, <laughs> yeah, you can't get a call. What up about uh, Jonathan Gomez, left back? No, no, nope. same. No, okay. All right, not until he gets to a first team. First team. Okay, level, that's fair. Tolkien was solid defensively. I thought, you know, I think I thought he's solid defensively, I, but I, 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 I still think sit- that there's like there's there's yeah yeah yeah. I like, again, in. he's another he's guy where I'm like, that's a young player, and and it showed again. Somebody was telling me today uh, that his like his like high high end analytics are puts him in like one of the top left backs in the world at his age right now. Like actual the analytics around his game are puts him into that category and valuation, which you've seen. There's been a few things where he's been in like the top ten or whatever for for young defenders for his his age or age group but um yeah future future but not not quite there yet no okay so vasquez we're seeing here from uh jj here joshua johnson's and dejas tolkien gaga slonina i think is a good shout yeah and jones is yep, his fifth his, his fifth pick i don't know where i i assume eric williamson is a is he, already he, kind of already established he, right he, he yeah he he really didn't but i would he, love to see him back in march to be honest he wasn't sharp enough in this camp to say he he I don't think he earned it with his performances to get into uh, of the full team camp. Uh, we know what he's ca- he's capable of. I just don't think he was sharp enough uh, with and, his and performances. F- and five might be too many. Maybe three was the more of the magic number. But I just wanted yeah. to throw it out there for some of the fringes that are kind <laughs> well, of on. I mean, but you're talking about if you're talking about Aaron Long and you're talking about Walker Zimmerman. All none of these guys are making 2026 World Cup roster. 
So no. like my whole thing is like we should say five because it's going to be at least five to ten, if not more, that we're seeing over the next couple of years. And I know we're talking about the next camp itself, but like eventually these guys that are like our, our national team players right now, like Acosta and, and Ariola and all these guys, I think that window is gone. Now we need them in the short term because they have the experience and they're leaders and, and they've been great for the national team, but we need that next crop to actually push them out. So I think five is a, a is a fair argument. Okay. All right. Is there any ones you want to add then Heath? I don't know if we got your five. Uh, I mean, mine were, were Zendejas. It's um, I would say I could, I could see Paxton in there only because of the fact that I don't think he's ready to play. Do you think Paxton Pomacall did well? Because I, I thought he he was one of the better players in that first first game. Yeah. I mean, let me look yeah, at the it's good, good. Full I'm list. saying Brandon Vasquez. I'm saying uh Slonina. I'm saying uh I I'd, I'd say Cade Cowell to see where he's at. I think he's it's a good touch base. I don't think he's quite at that that level. Agreed. Yet, I, but, think, but I think I liked what I think Charlie said before with the consistency. I, I think he goes into the season. And and if he plays really well, we're talking about a summer call up for sure. Um, if if he if he if he goes from the momentum that he has from the national team and takes that to a more consistent run of form, Cal's hard for me because he's one that I watch pretty closely, and it's hard for me because I know like mm-hmm. outside of this game, there's a larger sample size that I'm like, you can see where it is. You can see why Barcelona was interested in him. You could see what what he's good. He could be super super high level player for us someday, or he so could be it- our our next. Uh, um, um, uh, Jordan Morris, you know, which could also Justin be really Matt. successful or good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be just a map. Um, I I, I want to throw this out there because I was really pulling for him to play well, and maybe he's just not fit uh, or as fit as he'd like to be. But Alan Alan Senora for me just didn't for a guy that wore the number ten shirt in the Argentinian. I just didn't take over the game like you you'd expect from a, a number ten. Maybe it's the system. Maybe it's the players he's around. I want to give him every benefit of the doubt. But even in those little moments, I'm like, God, you know, he keeps the ball a little bit, but he turned the ball over in some some bad areas over both games and didn't really take it when didn't take his opportunity like I wish he would have. And I was really pulling for him to do that. And I wonder where he's going to go. He's uh, a free agent right now. I know he's been linked to Montreal, but uh, I hope that he can I hope he can settle in and, and get to play and showcase what he's capable of, because you can see it. But he just didn't take the opportunity. And that's a bit uh, unfortunate. Did any it, well, well. One, Chuck, give me one player that you think didn't take the opportunity and we probably won't see them for a while. And same with you, Heath. And then we'll take it to break and get into some of the fun news uh, after, after the break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. 
For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. <laughs> can I just say something? Alex just wasn't having Charlie's nonsense tonight, dude. He just, uh, he he was just like, cut no. me off. Uh, uh, like, no, Alex is like pretty sure not listening to how I was setting that up. But no, uh, anyway. It's, it's cool. Um, it's cool. So Chuck, no, give us your player and then we'll get into the fun yeah. news. So welcome back to the show, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'd say Matthew Hoppy. He, he's he's struggled uh, mightily with, with the, the clubs he's been a part of for the past, what, two years? And he gets an opportunity in this camp. And I know it's tough to pull yourself out of uh, a bad run of form. It is tough to all of a sudden pick yourself up and say, okay, here's my chance to perform and keep myself in the limelight. It, it, it was, it just, it didn't look sharp from him. It looked like he didn't have that burst that we we've seen from him in the past. I, I think this, this opportunity um, fell by the wayside. Yeah. Okay. And Heath. I think that's a fair shout. He just, I mean, again, it's one of those ones where it's like his situation because of his potential. You're like, we should get him in because it'll help. It might help him get a move by mm-hmm. by getting a game like this. But at the same time, you're like not deserving of a call up and also didn't really make the, the, the most of it. There were a couple moments where you're like, oh, I saw a little bit of those glimpses. Yeah. Um, the energy, I think, at times was good. But um, a little bit of that, like, where have you gone since uh, 18 months ago when I was like super high on you? Uh, there's a little bit of a, a disconnect there. Uh, for me, man, it's it's really hard to say one single player that I think played themselves out. I'm looking through this through this lineup now. Yeah, I don't mean to like tread the waters of negativity. It's more just they didn't they just didn't take the opportunity, you know that that's now been presented, and now it's just going to be harder. Like, when are you ever going to get a game to get called in at this point? Maybe if we take a a mixed squad for the Gold Cup, potentially. I don't know, but. Yeah, it's hard because when I th- when I think about again the weekend when when Mihailovic had a fantastic game and and Taylor Booth apparently I didn't watch the full game but apparently just put on an entire show from start to finish you're like there's people knocking on the door right yeah. um, and yeah. now when you talk about the depth chart you know it's it's I don't know if anybody played themselves out because it's it was relatively maybe, low stakes yeah. um, but, maybe they but, never played themselves yeah. in yeah but, but yeah but but it was more of like can you get another look like can you get a can you get a second a second call up one into the first team where you know the intensity goes a little higher I mean uh, Charlie or or Jimmy were, were either of yours your first camps in a January camp yes mine was 2005 January camp okay and and at the time, though, January camp probably had fifty percent of the national team in it, though, right? Like it did have quite yeah. a quite a number um, of guys. Yeah, maybe maybe it's maybe it's apples to oranges in terms of comparison. But for you, I mean, well, I'm when old, you went when you so went from that first game to or your first camp to your second camp, did it make a big? Was it a big jump to of pressure or intensity? Oh, or yeah. Speed? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I had never really been around the Claudia Reynas and and the Casey Kellers and and those Topical, guys that had topical been, names. You're using well, yes, I know, but <laughs> but then you get it. And, and the first time I got introduced to them was at a World Cup qualifier, so the stakes right. are already super high. And was that your second camp? Then was like January camp and then World Cup qualifier? Yeah, Damn. yeah. Yeah, I was one of the few holdovers, um, and I was excited about that. But as I mentioned, I think in a previous podcast, I was just there to get experience. I wasn't in the 18 man roster, uh, but it was good. It was good to to be around. Okay, well, actually, be- let me let me yeah. stop you there, then, Jimmy. Who okay. who then from this camp do you bring in for an experience in March? Well, that's the thing. I think these five names 
I mean, you want to see him around the group, but it would be good to see Slonina, of course. Uh, Zendejas, for sure. You know, obviously, he's got a little something. Brandon Vasquez is another one. Those those three, I, there's something about Jonathan Gomez I like. I, I think he had some shades of getting forward, and and I, I and there's something I like. And John Tolkien I like, too. So so because we have an open spot there, I know Sergio Des can play on the left side and all that, but we need a little bit of cover for Anthony Robinson, who's a proper left footer. So maybe one of the or two of those guys you could bring in just to get that experience. See, like say say you're Tolkien or Jonathan Gomez, yeah. and now you get to see Anthony Robinson in person doing his thing, and, and even at training. Then you get to watch him in a game in person, and you're there and you're just studying how he's supposed to move. With the team that is the start, and just that is so invaluable. All those little learnings, just about being around the group and seeing exactly what the the team expects from you. Like, say, say you're at a game and Christian Pulisic is checking off of a shoulder to get the ball off of Anthony. Yeah, you can see that on TV, but to actually live it with the group and to understand how he's asking for it and where he wants it, yeah, that is that is priceless priceless experience. And so when you bring in your your younger players to be around that environment, just to see what that looks like. I think it is important to bring them in, even if they know they're not going to play, but they're just going to be a, a part of it. But I'm sure you guys have had similar experience. Chuck, Chuck what's your, what's your, what? I mean, we got the JV coaches uh, take oh, on yeah. this, you know, who lost his game today and is in a bad mood right now. What's no, your, no, no, no. It was 0-0, baby. He's not even going to win the league this year, Charlie. Well, so no, we dropped. <laughs> the, 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 I don't want to get into it. Don't give me it. Oh, if, if Jimmy outs his team right now, we're I'm not out outing my of the team. JV, I'm not gonna JV out the team. soccer team. Yeah. They're going to like, you know that they're, you know. What, what I'm not outing do, my team. What did they do wrong today? We just couldn't finish. It was one of those, you know. I was like a, a national team, so I, I'm taking everything. Yeah, it was, zero, it was zero, straight zero. On, on par. We didn't give up any shots. Okay. And the coach, the other coach had the audacity to tell me that it was an even game. I'm like, you weren't even in our half, dude. What are you even <laughs> talking about? Anyway. So, yes, I'm a little fired up. And and those drop points because we have some excellent other teams in our league. Uh, they're just they steamroll everybody. It doesn't so matter. You do, I'm, I'm you do upset with a lack of goal scoring. Do you, do you sub? Do you make you go up? Two I did. Up top, I did. I put one, I put one of my better defenders up top to try to make something happen. I think I waited too long. Every listen, we don't have to go over this. You know, I'm already living it. I'm in my own. I'm in my feelings right now about this. Let's let's talk about the Copa America, everybody. It's coming to the U.S. in 2024. Just got announced. Comey Bowl and Concacaf came to an agreement. And the format's going to feature 16 teams in the summer of 2024. Decent. Ten from Comey Bowl, all ten from Comey Bowl, and six from CONCACAF. All right? And uh, they're going to be able to qualify via the 2023-24 Nations League tournament. So that's pretty cool. For the women's national teams, CONCACAF has invited the top four Comey Bowl national teams to participate in the 2024 CONCACAF W Gold Cup. And that'll be the inaugural edition of this 12-team tournament, which will be played in the United States, which I think is awesome that there's all these different combinations of, of, of these two federations working together for both the men and the women's game. But let's talk about how important this tournament is, Chuck, because we don't have World Cup qualifying leading up to 2026. So we need some meaningful games. And I think this is a perfect run up to make that happen. You you said it. And I, I just had to open the door just to show that Copa America jersey. Um, oh, baby. You hey, said it, man. What, what a time. That was my second camp with the U.S., by the way. Okay. Was what was your Copa first? America and Venezuela. The first was a friendly ahead of the gold cup um, where, where we beat Mexico in the final in Chicago where F Phil Haber scored that, that ball. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we played, we played a friendly in San Jose against China and that was my first ever cap. That was the Jesse Marsh game, right? That was Jesse yeah, Marsh. Was Jesse cap. Marsh. Yeah. Ante Razov played in that, played yeah, in that one. I remember that. Um, yeah, yeah. But Pop of the hey, boys. <laughs> <laughs> that, that Cope, the Cope America is no joke. 
that yeah. I'll never forget walking out in that first game and looking across at that Argentina to side with <laughs> oh my God. Raquel May, Messi, Cambiasso, Crespo, Zanetti, uh, Zanetti, uh, uh, Walter Samuel, Tevez, and I'm thinking Heinze. This is one of the the greatest teams in history. <laughs> Looking across, and that's who we're playing. Our 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 B team, right? Like, uh, what an incredible experience! And I swear to God, those, you know, people will say, "What are we doing with these players?" Those experiences matter. They yes, help they you. They allow you to grow and see what your potential is and also see what the best, how they move, what they do, what their touches are like, how they how they move in space. That is what gets yeah. you to the level that we want to play at. This is going to be an incredible tournament, incredible experience for our players. I can't stress that enough. Everyone should be super jacked. If we ever want to compete for a World Cup and be in a final, be in the semifinals, we have to play teams like this. Whether we get I, smacked up or whether we have a good strong half and it gives us confidence and we go, oh, this is how you compete against a Brazil or a Argentina, two teams that are typically always competing for a World Cup final. This is what it takes to beat them because you're going to have to chase all damn game if you give the ball away. It, it makes you really appreciate possession, that you can't just, just lump the ball forward. You have to play intentional passes. And guess what? Anyone who comes in contact checking for the ball, you can't lose it. If you lose it, you're either punished right away by a goal or you're punished by chasing the damn ball in, in yep. that crazy heat. Reach it. So Preach. I, I, am, I am hyped for this because it is the best. It is the absolute I'll, best. I'll tell you one thing. Jimmy, if you had Charlie in your locker room for that JV game, and we went, we probably went one five zero. You roll out, you roll out, you roll out, Charlie, you roll out Charlie needed, for that. Speech. I needed Charlie at halftime. I can tell you one thing. Oh boy, Charlie I mean, you would run away, dude. You would have run away with the score, but we can't have yeah. everything, you know. No, but I mean, I, I truly mean this because I have, I only played the last game of that Copa America, and that's actually a unique experience for the three of us because we all played, and and uh, Jimmy's got the framed tackle on Messi uh, okay. on his mm -hmm. wall. And, right. and, and, and Charlie, Charlie was, was, was well on his way at that point, but I played the final game against Jesus Ferreira's dad, David Ferreira, who ended up being my teammate. I changed shirts with him, but in that tournament, in that game specifically, I remember knowing Justin Mapp because he was part of my class. And you mentioned him earlier in the show being the best one-on-one -on -one dribbler I'd ever seen in my entire life. Right. He was like, when he was going at the first person, <laughs> I know it's story you're going to tell. Keep going. I, I, when he was going at somebody, <laughs> I knew he could beat them. But w the way in which, uh, the way in which uh, Zanetti and Juan Sebastian Verone shut him down in that game, the way in which he basically came over and doubled him up. So every time it was like, it was the first national team that I had seen that was way bigger than us. That took us serious that they came with the plan. They knew who Justin yeah. Mapp was. They brought two over every time. And 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 Zanetti was like, I'll force him over to Verone. Verone was like, let's let's close him out. And it was the most neutralized I'd ever seen a player that was actually in form. He was a streaky winger, obviously, but but he was a player that I was like, you get him one on one, and he's beaten he's beaten whoever, right? And I remember thinking like, I've never seen a tactic happen in a game at the national team level that completely neutralized the guy. It wasn't like he was dribbling and and losing it or like trying too much or whatever he just could not do anything because there was nowhere for him to go and nothing for him to do and i remember that being the first step in my mind of going like oh okay 
this is another, this is another level. <laughs> oh, and like, okay. he, I, yeah, he's, yeah, he's broken. Uh, he, yeah. he's not working because they yeah. absolutely just, yeah, wasn't just again, he, he, he wasn't, he wasn't bad. It wasn't like he wasn't completing passes. You know, there's a big difference between like trying too much and like being out of form or whatever, especially for wingers. But it was just like, he was literally not in the game at all. You get the ball, play it back. Cause every time that he tried to go into somewhere, it was like, no, 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 no turn around and go back that way, bud. This Your way's left closed. Foot is off. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that was just like a, a, an eye opener for me, you know, and I was learning a lot in that time um, from the sideline. I didn't play, but uh, it was just one where I was like, you know, you pick up notes like that and you're like, okay, there's another level to this. Yeah. And I think uh, we had the Copa America here in the States before in 2016, the centenario, right? The hundred year mm-hmm. anniversary and the U S got to the semifinals. Correct me if I'm wrong. It was in Houston. I was at the game, but I don't remember if it was a quarter or a semi and they played Argentina and Messi scored like the sickest free kick top corner against Brad Guzan. I think oh, it was four yeah. zero that Argentina ended up winning, but that's just to your point, Charlie, and to your point, Heath, like getting these experiences for this group of players to play in meaningful games against opponents that do make deep runs and win world cups is incredibly important because they learn these little things. And even if you're not playing, even if you're watching like Heath was in that first game against Argentina, you still get to learn from just being there and seeing the decisions that are being made and how teams are trying to collapse. And and what I found interesting in playing those games too is you kind of realize after the fact, as you're processing the game again, that they're just, when when they give you a pass, they're like letting you pass that ball there. Like they're, they're like, nah, it's fine. You can have it there. You, you don't hurt us there. And that level of tactic and understanding, especially from a from a defensive team shape thing uh yeah. is is fascinating something i try to get across to my jv team we're still learning everybody all right so let's talk about the next story weston mckinney looks like it's all set and ready to go he's going to go on loan to leeds for the rest of the season and leeds Who's has an option coming? to buy <laughs> him for 30 plus million <laughs> it, yeah exactly right so weston mckinney I, I i'm interested about this i know that arsenal was out there and we discussed whether he should go there or to leeds but Leeds, if they get relegated, this could be a bad decision. Now, he's only on loan. I guess he could go back to Juve. And Juve now with a 15-point deduction have a lot of work to do to try to get back into Europe. But what are we thinking about this move? Obviously, from a national team perspective, the more reps he can get with Tyler Adams and Brendan Aronson, I'm all for it. But uh, he's going into a real pressure cooker there, Charlie Davies. He is. Uh, I like the move because I just feel there's a, a lot going on with Juventus right now. And... Now he's going to be thrust into, you know, he's playing every minute of this loan as long as he's healthy. And, it, and it's, a, it's a good way to judge where he's at. What's, what's his influence in the game? Because he's going to have to be massive for Leeds to stay up in terms of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. his, obviously, his aerial prowess on set pieces, um, if he can score a few. But just the transition game, winning, the, winning tackles and then going forward. But he's got to be more efficient with the ball. He can't just dribble into spaces, you know, things he can get away with in CONCACAF sometimes. And and at times, Juve, because teams are, are dropping so so far off, teams are pressuring you. You're under pressure all the time. I love this move from the standpoint of how tough it's going to be because Leeds, yes, they press a lot, but they're also under pressure. Teams are, are going after them. They're not sitting back. So it, sometimes it can be a track me up and down. Um, so – it's it's a good test for us and for him to see where he is and how he fits into the to the Premier League. Okay, Heath, let me tee you up with this thing because I'm looking at Leeds's last starting eleven in the Premier League. I know they just won in the FA Cup, and congratulations to that for moving on to the next round. But against Brentford, when I look at their, they got Tyler Adams and Mark Roca in the middle, and then you have Brendan Aronson 
Willie Ganoto, Jack Harrison, and Rodrigo. I, I, does he? Where does he go? Where Where does he fit into this? Is it Is it simply just a switch with Mark Roca? I mean, it's that's tough. Like I don't. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, he's, I wonder... not gonna, he's not going to. He's not going to go out onto the wings. It could be uh, Gnonto somewhere in there within the three, but it's got to be one of the three. It's not going to be Tyler Adams either, as we know, because that's why that's why Weston McKinney's heading there uh, right. because we're getting our uh, getting our boys there. I am a little bit worried, generally. Um, because when I think about, it, I was, again, I was, I was having this conversation today about like, it's amazing how far we've progressed in terms of our player pool and the age that they are, that we've got a Serginho desk that goes from one year of this to Barcelona to AC Milan. That's his trajectory, right? The next club's going to be probably a step back from that, but still a high tier. When you look at, uh, Pulisic or Weston McKinney, Schalke grinds it out, ends up going to Juventus overperforming our expectations. And now he's going to Leeds. At what point does Leeds just become Fulham to us in the way that it always was, right? right? It's a club that's fighting relegation. It's taking on the American quality of player that is basing the American quality player based off all of the Americans that played at Fulham, right? Smart, tactically very, like, tactically very good, physical, technical, solid across the board. But at what point, like, are, is, is this a bad thing in terms of putting players into that, into that world? Do I think it's good for players to fight relegation at some point in their careers? <laughs> Absolutely. Is it a place that you go to develop? Absolutely not. It's not a development place, right? It's not. But but um, they don't they don't they don't play like a relegation team. I, I agree with that. The, they're not the they're difference. not Norwich. They're not they're not like no. you know, it's not like they, for the best you, every you, week. You, you watch teams that are fighting relegation where they bunker. There's mm -hmm. there is no keeping the ball. There's no possession. It is literally counterattack, launch it, throw-ins, corner kicks. It's that ugly. You're not developing. And now they, they've that. spent a hundred million. Don't play right? that they've way. spent a hundred million. If they end up closing this deal, it's like you know, even beyond that, um, at the end of the season. So they're spending money to do it right. My worry is that like not so much like is it the right style of play, but what happens if this if Leeds doesn't break into becoming a West Ham or a Villa or a whoever that can just have a, a good run for a decade plus, you know, go back to the days of Leeds being one of the bigger clubs in the Premier League. Or is it a reflection on our quality of player that the club that's coming in for him is a team that that is you know a three loss run away from from fighting relegation for the rest of the season? Yeah, yeah I like this I move. Really... I, I like it. I think it's going to be a challenge, Chuck, and I'll, I'll let you take it from here. Yeah. But I, I I still wonder how he fits into Jesse's system because it's going to be a lot different than what Maxi Allegri was running at uh, at uh, Juve. And then maybe there's some similarities because I know that Greg Berhalter obviously had a high pressing system and, and it'll feel more national team esque and obviously being surrounded players surrounded by players that are on his team with the U S but I, 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 I'm still curious about this move. I, I think it's, I'm all, I'm all for it, but I'm just kind of curious to see how he fits in and how Jesse utilizes him. But go ahead, Chuck. Yeah. I, when I, when you watch leads play though, it's not that they're missing a midfielder. Of course that, that will help. They're missing a goal score. They, 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 are are so hopeless in front of goal. You you watch well, them play. Well, Bam and Bamford's starting to go score again, which is good. The, He's a but they're, they're missing they're missing a a somebody they can depend on because they do generate chances. They create chances. Not that they don't. They just don't have someone who they can consistently finish mm -hmm. that that they yeah. can depend on. And I think that's where leads have have fallen short. Is one a goal scorer and two. They open themselves up so much. There, there's got to be a, yeah, a more of a balance that, with the way they play. Because but that opening so up, Charlie, open, still a little bit of that fragility. Open. It's a little, but that's like that's my worry is that like that's the fragility to me. That's always like 
50, 60 minutes, you're like, this is a top half of the table team. And then something happens where you're like, this is a team fighting relegation. And you mm -hmm. see a very different side, like you said, where it's like wide open. You're like, this feels a little bit more uh, systemic <laughs> than it is just a, a one-off yes. of like, you know, a game. Because you because uh, you yeah. can't you can't just open yourselves up the whole damn game. You you have to have balance. You have to defend too and lock it down. And sometimes that goes against your your culture and what you're trying to build. But if you want to win games, you have to lock it down and defend at times. You can't keep it open the whole game because if you are winning, it's five four. That that's not that's not gonna give you consistent results. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting then how Weston kind of plugs in and and fills some of that. Those needs, ultimately, what you're talking about, because they do need a goal scorer, and I do think he'll help out a lot on set pieces, which they, you know, obviously alleviates pressure at times. And then defensively, can he do a little bit on that side too? So obviously, thinking something to watch for. Can't wait to see Jesse Marsh's official comments when it becomes official to hear what he's going to do, and then obviously seeing him in the lead skit is going to be pretty awesome as he's lining up with Tyler and Brendan. All right, let's get to final thoughts as we close up the show. I'll start. I'll go with Claudio Reyna stepping down. Austin FC, nobody saw that coming because something had to happen. But yes, another scalp in this whole <laughs> crap, crappy situation has been taken. And uh, I don't think it'll be the last one. I think Greg will be next uh, on the list of, of someone that's going to have fallout from this. But uh, whatever you think about McBride stepping down, Ernie Stewart moving on, Claudia Reyna now stepping down. I don't think he's going to take the sporting director role at U.S. Men's National Team. That would be kind of awkward times a million. So so I wonder what happens now with his career and all this type of stuff. But uh, that's a final thought that I'm just going to leave kind of trailing out there because it's another situation I'm very what curious. What a final thought oh, that was. Yeah, I, Thank I, you I, my final thought is I Thank agree you. with you, Jimmy. A lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chuck, gosh. any final thoughts? Yeah, my final thought is uh, I look forward to our show tomorrow. Um, and then Monday, uh, Monday, Monday, Charlie, Monday, Charlie, Come on, you gotta get, geez. you gotta get off the drink get a calendar, man. dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, shout out to my brother, JB Davies in the comments. Always, always here. JB Davies here. asked for your Jersey always. earlier and you didn't yeah, say nothing about like, hey, it. Dude. Let me get that Jersey. Um, man. Hey, and shout out to the YouTube, uh, fam. Cause they fam. stay, they stay here. So pr yeah. I appreciate you guys. I love the comments. Keep them coming. Um, this is good banter. I'll tell you that. I live for this. I live for this podcast. And I live for you, Charlie. <laughs> All right, everybody. That is the end of the show. So on behalf of producer Des, producer Alex, Charlie, Heath, and myself, Jim Conrad, we appreciate your support as always. And we'll see you on Monday for our next show. Later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, 
There's joy in every journey.